Let's go, baby. You actually have to be on cocaine to be on this podcast. What's up, everybody? You're listening to yet another edition of Cocaine Willie. I am your commissioner, Bob Trollsby, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the good chef, Andre Napier, and Fireball Matt Marchesini. Tonight, we're going to go through Fireball Matt's burn-it-down moments, or moments, of week three, of which there were probably many, in our matchup against the Missouri Tigers, and our predictions and chef's recipe for success against UCF this week. We've also got our locks standings update and our week four locks. But first and foremost, I do, I mean, (laughs) Chef, I just have to say, maybe if you did, if Andre's locks were better week over week, you wouldn't be wearing that brown paper sack right now over your face. This is really shameful, and it makes me want to do better. So I hope so. (laughs) It makes me want to do better, too, because I want to fucking wear that brown paper sack over my face. I will be mailing this to you guys in the mail express and I'm, I'm going to split it. I'm going to make one for each of you. So you know the pain that I'm feeling right now. Sounds good. Well, I mean, we, we haven't done a full recap episode. We don't plan to do a full recap episode for the Missouri game. The two of, or one of us, one of us was there. Two of us were not there. I just have let's go into the burn it down segment. Matt, you were there in person. You witnessed this crap in in burn it down. You know, burn it, burn everything first, to the ground. First person, what was what was your burn it down moment or moments from the matchup against Missouri? And and before we get into that, I just have to say, I fucking hate Missouri fans. But props to them for flooding our mentions on Twitter, flooding our YouTube comments on the previous videos. They they did not pull any punches, and I at least respect that as much as I hate them. No respect. No respect. They don't get no respect. Okay, what movie is that from? The Godfather? No, no? respect? That's Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. I got no respect. The complete, the complete no opposite respect. of The Godfather? Yes, okay. Exactly. Right. Marlon Brando, um, <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, Tomato, same, Tomato. Same thing. Same Let's thing. dance. <laughs> Um, there were plenty of burn it down moments of that game. Uh, and, and, and internally I very much burned it down. Um, if you saw our text message thread, but, uh, I'm going to give the one burn it down moment of the week and it's the late drive and the delay a game at the three yard line that changed the dynamic of that game. Um, unfortunately, and, um, you go up a touchdown. I mean, Treshawn Ward had that touchdown and it gets brought back because of the delay game. Um, the execution, uh, for this team this week was not great. A lot of drops, um, you know, things of that nature. Uh, but I'm going to look at that delay game as, as a time where you have to execute so late in the fourth quarter, um, especially, you know, in a, in a game that's gone back and forth and, um, you're just not taking advantage of it. So, um, I'm going to go with 
the delay game at the three yard line as the burn it down moment of the week. Yeah, that whole sequence at the end was just is brutal. I mean, it's we had yes. opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, you know, right there, a little bit pat. What were we just a little bit past the 50 or close to the 50 yard line? Vincent, it drops one that would have put us near like the 30 yard line or something like that, somewhere around that area. And we could have just sat on the ball and kicked the game winning field goal. It, it, that one hurt the delay game. Absolutely. I mean, each team, nobody wanted to win. That's what the killer part. Nobody wanted to win towards the end. And, you know, it, it just, it was a perfect ending for how K State played that evening. You know, when you bring a, a C effort, to a necessary B plus A game, you know, you're going to lose. So that's my review of the game, and I'm not talking about it any mo. Yep, I agree with you both. That was horrible. I hated it, and we're moving on to UCF. And with that, Chef, what's your recipe for success against the Golden Knights of Central Florida? Oh, man, you're going to whip it up in this kitchen again. We gotta come with a victory. And my last, my last recipe, absolute disaster. The the patron sent it back. Chef had to throw it out. We're the, it the patrons. This is like a fancy steakhouse, I guess. Exactly. Same you know, we're style. fine dining. We thought we were gonna be undefeated fine dining, and it just that recipe wasn't any good. It was a garbage recipe, and it's not gonna happen again. This time, guess what? We have to we have to put pressure on the backup quarterback he's he's a backup he's very he was very successful last week versus villanova our strength is our d-line we have to put pressure on this guy we have to it, it's they have playmakers everywhere you look at it everybody has insane numbers the only guy that can get them the ball is the quarterback if we can get to him before he can get the ball out to those playmakers and, you know, try to pick on our, our secondary and our, I'm sure <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Our one less linebacker, you know, it's, it's something that we have to do. So I'm expecting a big game from Brendan Mott, Nate Matlack, Uso Samalo, Khalid Duke. We have to have something from those D linemen to get to the quarterback. We were a, Slightly successful versus Missouri, but we have to be even more successful versus UCF. I'm not going to lie. I feel confident that we're going to hold them to below 70 yards rushing. I mean, it's not like we've got world beaters at running back. They've, they've got two good running backs, but I just the way that this rush defense has played so far, I feel confident that they're going to do the do their job and, and deliver the thing I'm scared about is that secondary because we made Brady cook look great out there. And they, he obviously has Luther burden. He had one of the one, he has one of the best wide receivers in college football, but their whole, their whole Missouri's whole off receiving core. I mean, they were, it's not like they were scrubs. I mean, Luther burden, like you just mentioned, Theo Weiss, Theo was, Weiss. he was a production fiend at Oklahoma. And yeah. then, you got a true freshman that was highly touted behind that caught the long bomb uh, on, I think on Siegel. And then the Mookie Mookie kid, he was from, he transferred from Ohio state. I mean, they got pedigree in that wide receiver core. 
So, I mean, will we see that versus UCF? Bob, I don't know. And we're down Daniel Green, so I'm I'm worried about the run. You know, I'm worried about that middle linebacker position. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Matt, what are your thoughts going into this weekend? Uh, you got to pull out all the stops to try and get a win. I mean, the next four games are the way how things have looked. You can really, I, I don't, you can't write this season off by any stretch. Um, I, we can all disagree with how we think Missouri is going to be this season. Um, I, I'm not, I, they plain and simple, they executed and they found a way to beat us. We lost on a 61 yard kick by that guy, whatever. The thicker kicker. <laughs> the thick kicker, whatever. Um, so I'm not writing this by any means. Um, I There are a couple things that will interest me with this game. Will Howard, the past few games, has not looked 100%. But you look at this Missouri game, this was his best rating in his career, I believe. The yeah. PFF it, rating. This, this was his best rating, and he's currently on pace for 3,268 yards on the season with 32 touchdowns, which would break – that would break the single season touchdown record and it would put him what in the top five or top three in all time passing yards as a quarterback. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I know the past couple of games, my burnt down moment has been one play where he throws an interception or something like that. And you have to live with that because he's shown effectiveness in many other facets of his game to be leading this offense. Um, if he's not a hundred percent, I liked some of the wrinkles we showed with Avery Johnson last week, but I always have a huge issue with keeping two quarterbacks on the field and having one as this decoy who's injured. Like, are we, how are we going to leverage that? So that will be another thing that will be interesting to me is if we see Avery more in this UCF game, um, is he going to be throwing any passes? Are we going to see him in some of those situations where you're actually getting the defense off of their toes a little bit because it's not, I'm thinking about a run. Um, I'm optimistic about this game. That's for sure. Um, am I giving it, wait, are we giving a prediction for this? Did I completely miss that? No, I, 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 I kind of, you're actually for, asking me for your version of chef's <laughs> recipe for success, but I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like this is the first real, time that this team has faced adversity this season because you've got you're coming off of a loss against a very solid what I think is a very solid Missouri team at this point in the season we'll see when when 12 games are played if they if they end up that way but this team is is going to have to deliver on Saturday and they're and they're going to have to prove some people wrong they fell out of the AP poll after a three-point loss on a 61-yard field goal kick so they they're going to be playing with that chip on the shoulder that we have kind of known and loved as, as K-State fans that this team is always going to play better when they have that chip on their shoulder and they've got something to prove. So I, I feel good about this weekend, but that's I, I want to get everybody's thoughts on this weekend because it's it's the first real, like, okay, we're, we're going to see if this team is legit or not. To me, this is a bridge game. <clears throat> you know, this is, this is what can, you know, Bosco's boys did their whole – whole thing where they they tell you what's this what's the swing game this is a bridge game to me it could go either way what, what side of the bridge are you going to be on when it goes up 
Are you going to be going down? Or are you going to go? You're going to be past it because if UCF is giving us fits and we don't figure it out, we could be very, 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 very hurt after this because we're losing pieces. We're not functioning at the the way we should be. It's it's tough. So Austin Romaine, this is your you know on the job training right here. This is for you because it's it's a Daniel Green had his time. He's out for the probably for the season more than likely. Austin Romaine, this is our look into the future. This is probably going to be our starting middle linebacker next year, and. I can't actually, I shouldn't say that because, you know, we have Jake Clifton, who knows when he's coming back, but in between there, you got Austin Romaine to fill the void at middle linebacker. You've got Keegan Johnson that needs to get healthy. You have right tackle issues. I don't know what the, what the column, but you have to figure that out. Maybe it's a whole different look once we figure out all those questions and how this team looks forward. But right now, this is the one on the docket. Like Matt said, you have to pull out all the stops to get this dub. You got to have it. Do you think we're going to see there? A lot of the commentary after the game was we, we didn't have a very inspired play calling in the game against Missouri offensively. And there were, there were some people who even equated it to, it looked kind of like Courtney Messingham and some of the, some of the previous play calling that we saw what were your thoughts on some of that commentary and, and what do you think we're going to see this weekend? I didn't see some of the commentary cause I did. First off that stadium is like a shithole. Uh, there's no wifi. I mean, I was very lucky to get any text messages whatsoever in there. Um, so Twitter was like, I felt non-existent. Um, the play calling was very interesting um, because I didn't feel like, there was a lot of aggressiveness at times that I've seen, um, especially on some of those third down plays. Um, so that there, there were times where I just felt it was a little bit more conservative than I had seen in previously called games from Colin Klein, um, which again, like it's a game plan thing, like things will change. Um, and maybe you want to be a little bit more conservative knowing Missouri is going to come up with like some certain lineup or whatnot. Um, but I, I, I'm not concerned about it because he's shown more aggressiveness and, uh, and a really good ability to, to call plays. And you can't expect that game after game, like there's going to be some duds in there, but the duds like for really great programs, it's the dud games that you still win. Right. Um, I mean, we're seeing that from Alabama, right? The USF game on Saturday, I mean, a dud like for them. And they, I mean, USF is not great, but you know, it's still a win. Um, so I, I don't see the comparison, especially when I, I mean, I remember the, some of those messing him offenses where it was just, it, it, it didn't click. And I think just this, this was a game where if you execute on a few plays, it ends up being a win. I mean, I, I feel like it was that much of a coin flip at the end of the thing. So um, I, I don't know. I'm not concerned about him and the play calling at all. I, I didn't get the conservative. For me, it it almost felt like the Tulane game. Like not the play, the play calling similar to Tulane, where it was just not executed. Because if 
if those things happen, we're like, okay, that was, I mean, pretty good play call. I mean, a drop on by Ben Sennett on third down, that would have kept a drive going. One by uh, Treshawn Ward, pa- a pass on third down to keep a drive going. Ben Sennett in the middle of the field, driving in the fourth quarter to win the game, dropped. I mean, it's just execution things. I don't think it was the play calling. I mean, there was some run on third down. But you got to throw those in there to, you know, you can't just, especially when Will Howard's hobbled. I mean, it's obvious. You, you, that first scripted drive, you know, there's quarterback reads. There's He's running. He's doing all kinds of different things. That was a very good scripted first drive. And I would have expected more of that if we would have had a healthy Will Howard. But we didn't. So, I mean, you have to change up what you're doing throughout it. And everybody's going to nitpick play calling. It's easy to do that. But we don't know if Will Howard's changing those plays at the line, any of that stuff. So, it's I, – I, I can't get on play calling, but I I will say that we tried to do what we had to do and we just didn't execute. Very similar to Tulane last year. If that, that's what it was for me. I agree. Uh, last thing that I'm going to ask about is Will Howard this weekend. Do we feel confident in his health? Do we feel confident in where things are at with him from a physical standpoint? I, I guess I'm just curious because I was very concerned in that game on Saturday against Missouri and, and he was clearly hobbled. I was just, I, di- I didn't want to see him, you know, forcing it. I didn't want to see our staff forcing it if he wasn't really a hundred percent. Do you think we're going to see a healthy Will Howard this weekend? He's not hobbled. He's doing what he needs, you know, or, or do you think he's going to be kind of limping around out there? I think he, I, I don't think he's been healthy since week one. I mean, SEMO, we were running, we were running quarterback sneaks with, you know, three minutes left and, you know, putting him under 700 pounds of offensive linemen and defensive linemen on his legs. He was limping from day one. So I don't think he's been healthy. I think it was just more accentuated how, you know, banged up he really is going against an SEC defense. He was, he was taking some licks. So, I don't think he's been healthy all season. He was taking shots in that Troy game, trying to run into the end zone, took a huge hit then, took some monster hits this game. So I don't think we're going to see. Unfortunately, if I had if I had to put money on, I don't think we'll see a healthy Will Howard all season. But I don't think I don't think anybody really if we see Will Howard the entire season, that is an upgrade from what we've had for quarterback situations the yeah. past like 10 years. So for sure. For let's sure. just let's just have him finish it. Um I would agree. I, I we're gonna be very fortunate to have a bye week that is right after this game. Um early one, yeah. An early Great bye point. week is going to be very helpful. Um if you if Will can make it through this game and he's like 70% and you come out with a win and you have a bye week where he can get healthy Christian Duffy can get to hundred percent Keegan Johnson, you know, we can get him to see hopefully an increase in snaps this week. I mean, we have guys that are on, you know, Jake Clifton, another, uh, another guy, um, this early bye week is going to be huge for us. Um, if you make it through with a win and you come off on a positive where you can then just get some guys feeling good, um, you know, for the Oklahoma state game. And, you know, we see, Oklahoma State has had some struggles, but we've also struggled playing in Stillwater too. Um, so, uh, just getting that, getting ready for that game, 
I think is going to be huge. So we really lucked out with an early bye week this this year with how things have played out so far. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fascinating stretch because then you've got after that you've got Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU, and Houston. And, and Houston is definitely the easiest game out of those four, but it's, nothing is a given in the Big Twelve. Nothing is a given any given Saturday. Uh, any any team can win out of that out of these fourteen teams. This year is absolutely insane, dude. I mean, we're talking, we're talking this week. We're week. What is this? Week four. Week four. The prime time, like heads and to- like heads above everybody else is BYU and Kansas. <laughs> Basically, like battling for second, second yeah. behind Texas. So I mean, it's it's nuts to think about. Yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. Well, prediction wise, let's let's give our scores and then we'll talk locks and then we'll close it out. But uh, Chef, hit us first with your prediction. You're on mute. I just couldn't remember. Uh, I think it's going to be another tight one. I I absolutely give all the respect in the world to UCF. I think they have talent among on talent on talent on talent. I don't know how their offensive line is. We just talked to Dolly Drama. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Dolly Drama. Dolly Drama for the UCF kind of preview. He didn't really bring up the O line. Uh, I would, and he was worried about our D line. So I don't know how their uh, offensive line is, but I know they have skill skill talent and a quarterback that can get it out to him. I think it's going to be a very very tight game. If our defense doesn't respond the way, you know, it's hard to respond after one week. I mean, as much as we like to think it was, it was a, what was it, after Tulane, we got Oklahoma. I mean, we put it on Oklahoma, but it was still, it was still a, a game that could have went either way. I got the, I got the score 38-33. Tight one. I mean, it's a, that's a high scoring game, but I think UCF is, is, Got some playmakers, dude. So we gotta be on our on our P's and Q's. But I think Will Howard, he's been showing some crazy stats, man. Bob, you you just mentioned it a little bit ago. I mean, that's he's got what was he responsible for? Like eleven touchdowns, ten touchdowns, at least. So it's it's he's he'll will us to win. <laughs> there's a will, there's a way. Am I right? Uh so uh, I'm thinking 34-24 um, this Saturday. There's a couple particular things that make me go in this direction. Um, I think UCF having a backup quarterback coming in to an environment that typically those late games for us are just really the atmosphere is kind of just kind of at, at a level that um, I, I feel it's kind of hard to describe, but I I feel like if we play a night game, um, we're going to have a crowd that's going to be amped up to, to see these guys win. Um, I I'm very much, I I think Will Howard is going to come out and have an energy of, as you kind of said, finding a way to get this team to win. Um, I will say, I do think we're going to get a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown. I think that's going to get, going to help you a little bit of a difference maker here um so i'm going to say 34 24 cats and four and a half over under shots nope i'm gonna go 35 30 cats 
I struggle with this. I, I think UCF is is legitimately they're the best of the four teams coming into the Big Twelve this year. You could argue BYU, but I just one one game against Arkansas isn't going to sell me on BYU. I would I, I'm very curious to see how this game against KU goes because I think KU might have some juice, even though <laughs> I mean that game against Nevada was wild, dude. They were toe to toe with Nevada under the lights. And it was like uh, Nevada is not a good team this year. So that was that was kind of wild. But I, I do think UCF, they're not built like a G5 team. They, and they haven't been built like a G5 team. They've been built like a Big 12 team for quite some time now. They've got the recruiting prowess to show for it. And they're going to they're going to be right up there with with the talent level of pretty much every other team that's going to be in the Big 12 after this season, if, if not higher than them. Um, and the recruiting rankings show for it going into going into the season. So I, I just think they're built like a team that's that's going to do well in the Big 12. And, and K-State is is obviously a great team in the Big 12. I think UCF is going to have some juice coming into this game. It's their first conference matchup in the Big 12. I, I feel good about them coming into this game and, and giving us our, our the, giving us their best shot. Um, so I, I think 35, 30 cats. Our secondary is going to give up some points. They're going to give up some explosive plays, I think. And, and they've got a quarterback and a talented receiver, I think, to to let that happen. But um, that's what I've got for for my prediction. And, and that rounds it out for our predictions. We're going to go into our locks. Chef, do you want to, do you want to do something there and, and pull out a, a brown paper sack, potentially? I got to put it back on. Oh, yeah. The deal yeah, was that's... that you're going to wear it for this segment. That's how it works. Oh my God. <laughs> so just a reminder for those of you who are new to the show or haven't listened to our locks uh, segment before this season, each week we share our locks for three big 12 matchups, one national game of the week and one sicko game, the national game of the week. Uh, some of us have had some struggles defining what that is, uh, but I think we're, we're getting closer to dialing that in, uh, but we're going to go ahead and start it off with fireball Matt this week. He led the way again, uh, going four and one. He's in, uh, or he's he's in first place, first place for the whole season. I got second last week with a three and two record, and Andre's locks are in last place with a two and three record last week. So Matt leads the pack with an 11, three and one record overall so far this year. I came in second, or I am currently coming up in second with an eight and seven record overall. And Andre's locks are behind me with a seven, seven, and one record overall. I, I mean, I'm I'm batting five hundred. You know that gets you into the Hall of Fame in a lot of sports. So it does. And if you come out slightly ahead, technically you're making money. Technically, but uh, you didn't make money last week. You went two and three. Everybody has those weeks, so you know we'll just we'll just keep grinding and i'm gonna i'm coming for you guys you know you guys are going to be wearing this big ass brown bag soon baby hopefully well, uh, it's, a, hopefully it's a plastic bag for matt so he fucking smothers on it i can't wait for you to sound bite that where it's like and then i die from asphyxiation and i blame what's his fuck over there all right uh Take so last, locks, yeah, yeah, my locks. Um, yeah, I went four and one last week. Uh, thanks, Nevada, um, which I knew that was going to happen. Uh, week four. So a uh, few Big 12 games. Um, I'm going to have Baylor 
covering 15 and a half, hosting Texas. Uh, we saw Baylor, I mean, against Utah. Uh, they kept that close. I mean, and Texas didn't necessarily look great against Wyoming. Another reason why I won last week. Uh, and then I'm going to have Oklahoma State, a three and a half point dog going on the road to Iowa State. I, there's, it's really kind of like, it's the Gundy Campbell sucky bowl right now because both teams are obviously terrible. Um, I feel like Oklahoma state's going to kind of get it together for that game. Um, and actually I think they're going to beat Iowa state, uh, but I'm going to take the points. And then I have Texas tech covering five and a half at West Virginia. Um, I'm not super confident about that one, but I had to pick a big 12, another big 12 one. Um, so I'm going with that. My national game of the week, I have Notre Dame hosting Ohio State. They're three-and-a-half-point dog. I have Notre Dame covering that, and I do think Notre Dame is going to win that game against Ohio State um, in South Bend. And then my sicko game of the week, uh, well, it is Georgia, but UAB is a 42-and-a-half-point dog on the road at Georgia and 42 and a half is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of school points. to try and cover. Uh, so I'm going to say UAB covers 42 and a half uh, in Georgia. There you go. Has Georgia yeah. scored 42 points yet this season? I See, that's so. the that's the Iowa method of thinking here. But I do believe that Georgia has scored 42. I thought I didn't think they not. I think yeah. they have, and you got to realize that they scored forty-five against Ball State, but they wouldn't have covered a forty-two and a half point line against Ball State. So you got to realize this team is coached by Trent Dilfer, so I think they might not—they <laughs> might score negative points. So <laughs> I don't know, dude. Maybe they'll come with some juice. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Bob's locks week four. I've got Sam Houston State covering the line against Houston plus twelve and a half. Sam Houston State, kind of a surprise this season so far. They've played relatively competitively in pretty much every game they've had. And Houston still sucks at football and will continue to suck throughout the season. I like the Bearcats with a K because I'm for some reason they spell it with a K. In the matchup against Houston, at Houston, on the road, at uh, TDECU Stadium, which is the ugliest fucking name for a stadium on the planet. Cincinnati, I've got plus 14 and a half. It is their first conference game as members of the Big 12. They are playing the Oklahoma Sooners. OU has not had a real test this season. The question is whether or not Cincinnati is legitimate at all. And I don't think they are, but I think they I think they make it a contest. I think they at least keep it competitive, and I think they cover against Oklahoma uh, with the Sooners maybe eking out a, a close victory there. But my third block for Big 12 play, I've got TCU minus six and a half versus SMU. SMU sucks, man. I just <laughs> I hate SMU. They suck. They think they're the shit because they're going to the ACC, even though they're giving up seven years worth of TV payouts in order to do it because they've got like three big oil money people, including the Hunt family, uh, bankrolling their, their their organization. But I've got TCU covering the six and a half. For my national game, I still have not missed on a CU bet so far this season. I did not pick them last week. I did not. They were not included in my locks, but I've got them plus 21 and a half at Oregon. I, I mean, everybody's looking at this line like, okay, they played Colorado State, but that's a huge rivalry here in Colorado. 
Colorado State gave them their absolute best shot, and CU's going to go into that game. They're going to be hyped up, dude. It's it's going to be – they're going to easily cover the 21 and a half, and they might eke out a victory for all we know. Uh, and then my final, my sicko game, I've got USF plus two and a half versus Rice. <laughs> that is a sicko game for sure. Let's go. <laughs> Daniels versus the team that almost beat Alabama last week. Like, come on. Go Bulls. Fuck Rice. You don't lose to food. That's the that's the rule. You just don't <laughs> lose to food. Shout out to Josh Pate and the Late Kick Live. Um, for my picks this week, I sound and look ridiculous, but this is all part of my grand plan. Me and Bob, we've got literally the opposite picks for almost everything, so one of us is going to be wearing this fucking headgear. <laughs> uh, I got SMU at TCU plus six and a half. I, I said last week that SMU was better than I thought. Uh, and they caught, they should have hung with that game with Oklahoma. Not last week, but the week before. I think it might have been the week before that. Not sure. But they're better than you think. Give me the plus six and a half points at TCU, SMU. Let's go, baby. Uh, Oklahoma at Cincinnati. I am – you were aware that Miami of Ohio beat Cincinnati, right? I'm just making sure that you know. I am aware. I am aware. There's no fucking. It's a bounce back. There's no bounce back in Cincinnati. It's the Queen City, for God's sake. There's no. That shit's over for. Oklahoma's going to smush them into oblivion. Give me Oklahoma minus the points. Oh, and here we go. BYU at KU. Nine and a half point dogs to KU. Are you nuts? I just can't with this paper bag right now <laughs> and the mannerisms in the back. <laughs> Zoom in real close. <laughs> Listen, nine and a half point dogs to KU is absolutely nuts. Slovis is going to get it done. I think BYU is saltier than you think, and they're they're not putting any respect on that Arkansas win. Give me BYU plus the points, nine and a half. Let's go. We got the same freaking national game, Bob. It's we're, we're just riding against each other. I think Oregon's going to smush him into oblivion. Travis Hunter's supposed to be out for a while, too. So Next man not... up. <laughs> All right, sure. Go, Buffs. Dylan? <laughs> oh, God, that's that's gross. Uh, Oregon, all day. At home? Are you nuts, dude? They're going to... No, I mean, what is that? Nebraska's home environment is going to look like dog shit compared to Oregon's. Here we go. And in my sicko game of the week, New Mexico at UMass. How did who even has a win in this one? I don't even know. I didn't look at their records. I just know that these teams stink. Absolutely stink. UMass minus the points. Go ahead at home. That means. They give three points for the home environment. This is a pick 'em game, basically. Give me UMass minus the points. Let's go. That is a sicko game. That's a great sicko game. Before we end this, the entire time you're talking, if we have any, I think you should leave aficionados and you need to watch this YouTube because all I can picture is Chef in the skit where the guy's like, get this fucking shit off me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Chef's gonna cough and flop in a week. For That's too day. much fucking shit on me. <laughs> it looks like a Detroit Lions fan from 2008. <laughs> well, that does it for our week four locks. We're not doing guys talking ball because it's it's I don't know. We're 36 minutes I, in. I had one one question. I okay. not long. I just I just want oh. one. I haven't been to a K State game night game in, since I was a kid. Mm. We we've all heard the problems of you know the no reentry and all that stuff and crowds always kind of look a little sparse after halftime. How does it look at nighttime? I mean, is it is it bad too? Do that like because I mean, there's really no reason to leave at nighttime. People, like people still leave. Is it bad though? I mean, it'll. I don't notice it any worse. I don't. I guess I don't notice it any differently. But it's still. You know what, Missouri? Like I'm all in on. No more entry. Sell yeah. alcohol in the stadium. I'm all in. Like, I do think I like. There are times where I think it is great to be able to leave and like go and tailgate or whatever. But, um, I do. I, I, we probably can't prove it statistically that your team like comes out flat at the beginning of the third quarter. But like, why even take the risk? You know, right. um, sell beer in the stadium and it's good. I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I have to think the last, the last game I probably went to that was a night game at the Bill was probably 2014 against Auburn. That had to, I think that's the last night game at the Bill that I have been to personally. What a game! Wasn't the Texas game at 6 p.m. last year? That was a night game. Was it, or was it yeah. a 2:30 game? Mm-mm. That was, that was a night, night game. game. Oh, that was, was a night, night game. game. Yeah. Well, outside of that game, well, it's two losses in a row, I guess. Damn, boy. But I'm not there. Away. I'm not there this weekend. But I mean, there's nothing like a night game at the Bill, man. Regardless right. of who we're playing, I, I I feel really good about that that environment. I think the environment's going to be great. And and yeah, I'm I'm pro get rid of exit reentry and just sell beer in the stadium. Like, what are you going to piss off a handful of college students that go out and tailgate and imp- you know, pregame the second half, whatever. The student section, if anything, probably comes back more in full force than than the rest of the stadium does. And I don't know, we're going to experience this firsthand. I know a lot of people make the argument of, oh, if you've got a kid or if you've got a baby or something, like you might want to go out. But there's nursing stations and stuff throughout the stadium too. I was going to say, I mean, like all this, all this talk about like pregame, I mean, like, you know, pregame the second half and all that stuff. When I went there, I mean, there were so many places that you could just literally drink and just have fun out on like yeah. at these little drinking stations and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's all open. What, what, what's the difference between the what's the difference between the parking lot and cowboy right boots and smuggle some shit in? <laughs> like, yeah, that's what Matt does. Get them shots in there, baby. <laughs> no, I don't need cowboy boots for that. You just got a little little on the waistband, you know? Like just Hey, this what? is a PG show, okay? I don't need you flashing your little groin at me. Okay. <laughs> Yo, there's going to be so many sound bites from Chef's big ass talking this weekend, and he's going to be one in five, one in four in picks. Honestly, one in five. He, he've only picked five games, and he's going to lose all five and somehow get a win somewhere. We'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit being talked right now. It's gonna be we're gonna keep tabs on this throughout the weekend and we'll we'll let everybody know how things turn out. But I mean I I don't have anything else. Do y'all have anything else before we uh before we get out of here? No, I'm good, baby. 
Well, for all of us at Cocaine Willie, thanks for listening or watching. Do us a favor. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leave us a five-star rating. We are undefeated. We only have five-star ratings on Spotify. Let's bolster that number. Let's get that up. Mizzou fans did not get an opportunity to go to Spotify and, and leave us like a one-star rating. So that, you know, they, they might've won in other ways, but they also gave us like the most views we've ever had on, on a non-live show uh, YouTube video. So appreciate you Mizzou fans for doing that. Uh, but give us a like on the video, uh, like all those Missouri fans did. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube at Cocaine Willie, or follow us individually. I am at Bob Trollsby. Fireball Matt is at Matt Marchesini. And the good chef is at Chef Andre Napier. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. We are all coke and no joke except for Andre's locks. Wildcat country. Oh, oh, oh. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Come on, man. I need five to no. know this week. Let's go. <laughs>